Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. This week, we talk about Black Ops 4, Star Wars, Red Dead Redemption, and Venom being the king of October, despite what the critics say. And yes, if my voice sounds a little more radio-like or a little scratchy, uh, that's because I'm actually currently sick as hell right now. It started off as migraine and stuff like that. I had to go to the neurologist about all that stuff. Big, big fun, I'll tell you that much. Uh... And then uh, turned into, well, oh, let's be smart. Let's get your flu shot. Yay. And then got flu shot. Immune system goes down. Whoa. But you know what? I'm here with somebody else who was coughing up a storm earlier. Nick, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, I was just choking, though. Like, I was going to die. Oh, okay. You're okay. You're just going to make fun of me. <laughs> I'm okay, not actually well, sick. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I got my flu shot, you know, and I'm, I'm powering through it, buddy. Actually, this is the first yeah. time I've ever gotten my flu shot, though. And that's because I'm about to have another baby, and it's going to be the baby in the house. I've actually never gotten one before. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I know for, for for your wife, she'd be like, you got to get your, your flu shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, working in a hospital, you have to get one. Otherwise, we have to wear a mask for the entire season. That which, makes sense. Which, I know, totally get that. Yeah. But I've never had the flu. Well, I might have had the flu when I was a kid, but I've never had the flu in probably 20, 25 years. I can't remember. So I just never get the damn thing. <laughs> So a lot's been going on. We, we, you know, again, like I said, there's a baby on the way. There's a lot of stuff going on, but uh, we're, we're coming at you. We're getting you that stuff. The Division 2 talk is in this, we promise. Uh, but first, let's get through our promotionary stuff. Uh, yay, guys, make sure you check out Ninja Pancake. You guys, those guys are freaking awesome. They're always putting stuff out. And if you're excited about the, the things like The Division, guess what? One of the main podcasts over on NinjaPancake.com that is ran by Remy and Tinks is none other than Bombshell Jackets. Go check them out. Or, you know, we got our friends, Mulehorn, uh, you know, for formerly Mulehorn Gaming, which is Analog Assault. Those guys are awesome. Mulehorn was actually uh, here in Seattle for the football game. I uh, wish it would have been a different game because, you know, it was a little rough. But he's still got to be here in Seattle and got a tour around. We missed out on meeting up with each other. I had, you know, a teenager that was... Uh, needing pictures taken for his homecoming, homecoming so you know that kind very of cute pictures by the way he looked a very handsome boy yeah that was uh he he he's the one that went with the bow tie man he chose the bow tie the way to I'm rock thinking, it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with I, him. i'm i'm honestly thinking that guys i think that my son very well could be bond for episodes like 36 through 41 <laughs> he did look very he looked very dashing in his suit yeah, he kept saying he felt like uh, he that he felt like uh, Keanu Reeves in John Wick. That was his thing. He's just like he goes, I, I, but I want. He goes, but then he kept trying to punch his sleeves, his cufflinks down, uh, like he was uh, uh, Henry Cavell <laughs> in uh, Mission Impossible. So it, I was like, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> just if he thinks he's John Wick, everybody hide your puppies. Uh, yeah, he'll steal your puppy. Or if you hurt a puppy, he'll so, kill everybody in the town. 
Oh, yeah. That's the best thing about John Wick is that he murdered 75,000 people for they killed his dog. I mean, you know, that's basically what it comes down to. It was a a present from his wife, and yeah. And he's not done yet. He's not done. No, he has more people to kill. Yeah, yeah, there's more. I, I, I don't, and I don't think even after that. I don't even think after part three. I don't think he's going to be done. Like they'll say, is he? They'll be like, is he retired? And they'll put a question mark or something like that because you can't really walk away from a role that is you. Keanu Reeves is that badass. Yeah, and he's so good in the John Wick series. I, I love both those movies. I hope there's John Wick seventy five. I mean, yeah, I mean, I honestly have to say, I probably like John Wick better than I like James Bond, and I'm a huge James Bond fan. But John Wick is just more. It's just, I love the mythos behind it. And it's so fast. Pay- well, and we see that in John Wick 2. We see some more of the inside of it and see where actually yeah. where, where some of the uh, deals are made or who who's running this thing and uh, all the, the curtain, you know, the Wizard of Oz pulls the curtain away. It, it's fantastic. And I do like James Bond. I'm with you. But I like the quick pace of John Wick. Now, I got to say something, though, with that is that you have you seen Hotel Artemis? Uh, yeah, I fell asleep through a lot of it, but I've seen probably 75% of it. Don't, doesn't it feel like Hotel yes. Artemis belongs in that world? Like when I watched it, I felt like Hotel Artemis was part of the John Wick thing. And I'll tell you what, yeah, there are some slow parts to it. it is, it's more story. It's more story. In the previews, you see, you see more yeah. action. But there's a lot more story to it. But I'll tell you what, if you want to enjoy this film, uh, guys, a little impromptu thing here that we do. Sometimes we go segue. Uh, one of the things here that we're talking about right now is the fact that we're talking about the movie Artemis, uh, oh, Hotel Artemis, which takes place. It's like it's, it's in the future. You, it, It's in the future, but it's kind of all on the same lines as it's, it would be like the future version of the John Wick universe. It seems like it's in the uh, arc, uh, uh, altered carbon universe it does it does it does feel like that too but if you watch the film and think that this is the future of like john wick like this is john wick's future it will make you actually enjoy the film quite a bit there you go that's just that's what i had to do is i'm like okay i'm in the (laughs) i'm in the universe of of this this and this because they both buy the same i'll tell you what though the one thing that didn't fit in there was charlie day from it's always sunny in philadelphia as soon as i saw him i was like Ah, man, you just kind of don't fit as to me as like a big bad guy. <laughs> well, okay, okay. But if you, okay, you say that. You say that. But have you seen Pacific Grin Up? Upper, upper? I have not watched that yet. You need to watch that. And you will kind of question things a little bit because seeing him play a psychotic. Really? Okay. But yeah. I didn't even yeah, know he was so in I'm that just, movie. I'm just saying. What? I don't watch. Charlie the, Day. Charlie Day is in Pacific Rim. I, I like the first one. It was okay. I kind of watched it. I watched it with actually Jacob. Uh, I thought that was all right. I love, I love, I know you guys do. I love yeah. the Super Room too. It's a huge, you guys also watched all the okay. Transformers and I have not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Going away from that guys, we got a lot to talk about. So let's jump into that. We're going to first go into top stories of the week. Now this might not be your top stories of the week, but this is kind of top stories that it was the most of things that kind of hit us and what we wanted to talk about. And when we catch ourselves, talking in our chat and stuff like that uh guys join their discord is dead but we will make it live with you you are the mana that allows our clerics to bring us forth from death resurrection resurrection one of the things is going into this if we talk about something a lot or if we notice that we start communicating with each other text or anything like that we're like okay yeah this has to be the top story because if it's a story that was already on our list to talk about but we're communicating in in we actually have to cut ourselves off so that we can we can save it for the show so we are saving these particular three topics 
for the show. And first off, if you had to be sleeping underneath a stone or under a bridge, maybe, I think under a bridge would still even know. I think homeless people even know <laughs> about this. Uh, live action Star Wars show starts filming. We're talking about the John Favreau film for the Disney streaming service. Uh, I believe this is going to be eight episodes. I think the first season's eight episodes. And it's following the Mandalorians. And it I, we don't know if this is going to be like, you know, if you follow... Mandalorian law and so there are rules. There's Mandalore, which is like the leader of the Mandalorians. I don't know if this is following Mandalore, but it's interesting because I mean it's it's a really cool take on the Mandalorian armor. It looks very similar, very instantly hits you look at it and say, Hey, uh, I recognize that. Now I'll tell you one thing though, is the Mandalorians that we've seen thus far, aside from is necessarily like, you know, games and, and television stuff have been more, it seemed more like they're slender built, almost like a ranger when you think in like a fantastic, in like a fantasy type of thing, like an, a ranger, like an elf, you know, something slender and quick. This Mandalorian is bulky. Like, first thing I look at this guy, I'm like, this guy looks like a big badass that's going to like tear your head off without using blasters. Yeah, and it's 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. 10 episodes. Okay. Yeah, 10 and episodes. the first thing we first should season. mention is that it's going to be the price range is at $100 million for 10 episodes. So, so ten million an episode, which puts it on par, very similar to Altered Carbon season. Game of one. Thrones too, very close to Game of Thrones. I forget what we figured out what Game of Thrones was an average over the seven years. Well, I think it was something like eleven to twelve million dollars per episode uh, when we averaged it out. We didn't take the first season; we kind of just took all seven. So yeah, ten million per episode for ten uh, for ten episodes, hundred million dollars. Wow, that really stands out to you that it's gonna sit. It's gonna sit pretty. Well, what I'm trying to say is it's going to have very high standards now because you put that price tag out there, which makes you think of, you know, Westworld, the Alter Carbon, you know, a Game of Thrones, something that in those nature. Ah, man, that's and I know how Star Wars fans are like you and everybody else we talk to. You guys are going to hold this very high regard. I want to be easy on it because I'm just going to enjoy what comes to me. <clears throat> You're a little bit easier on things, too, on the Star Wars things and uh here and there there's certain things that they do that i don't like like i mean uh, there's some stuff like uh, i still have a hard time with the taking back of some of the there, there's certain there's let's put it this way there's certain which is now what they call like the i think the legends now is what they call all the original uh expanded extended you know extended universe okay. stuff uh that they haven't brought in into the core but i mean at least we got revan so i go that's that's where i gave disney credit i'm like you got okay you brought revan in so at least i can kind of i can give you guys a little bit of a, a little a little room to to breathe here but there's a lot of stuff that i would have liked like i'm still missing dash rendar okay and i always i always bring this up dash rendar from from is what but i mean that's from Dark Horse Comics, back when Dark Horse did Star Wars comics, and that was, you know, The Shadows of the Empire, which is my favorite, favorite side story. And and this is from uh, John Favreau. Uh, After stories of Jango and Bob, Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe, the Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We will follow the travels of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. And that's from John Favreau's uh, Instagram page. And that was posted on October 3rd when this was announced about the yeah. name of, of the new TV series. How do you feel about... 
I, I know me and you both are John Favreau fans, but how do you feel about him being the executive producer, the head of this thing? He's the one that's going to steer it in the, in the, hopefully in the correct direction while other people take turns directing it. Cause he's going to direct some, but there's going to be guest directors also. Yeah. And some, one of the guest directors actually is Ron Howard's daughter. Uh, I didn't see that. She's wow. Yeah. She, yeah, she's going to be directing a few of the episodes. I think three. At I know least. the the director of the Rebels Clone Wars is going to direct an up of. He's over directing the premiere episode actually. Um, yeah. I'm forgetting his name right now, but that's really cool. I did not read that Ron Howard's daughter is going to direct it. Bryce, yeah, Bryce Bryce Howard or uh, Dal- Dallas Bryce Howard or I forget forget her full name, but uh, yeah, she's going to she's going to be directing, and a lot of people didn't know that she she was directing, but actually, John Favreau. I mean, he brought us Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, and Iron Man 1 is what started off the MCU universe. That didn't hit the way it's supposed to hit in the first movie. Take that as the first, okay, we're going to do 10 episodes. Star Wars is going to have to hit for fans in the first three episodes. We'll just take it as, like, the first leg of the season like you do in football. You know, the first three, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you do the first three games. Where are we at now? So, you got, I say you guys because I take it very easy on Star Wars, but Star Wars fans are going to be very critical, especially if they don't get it right in the first three episodes. He has to, he has to start this off the same way he started off with, with uh, Iron Man uh, episode or Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, damn it. That's what I'm trying to say. Words are hard. <laughs> so, Ron Howard's Dower is, is Bryce Dallas Howard. Dallas Howard, Bryce. I got, I got the name. I got, I got it. Yeah, mixed, yeah. Uh, or flipped around. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be directing. I think two or three episodes, and it's gonna. I, that's. I'm cool with that. You know, because honestly, I'm cool with another Howard coming in because I liked. I really enjoyed Solo, and Ron Howard took over Solo and started doing. So, I mean, for me, that for me, honestly, I'm excited about this and seeing where it's gonna go. What I'm also excited about is there's these a lot of questions on the first order. Okay. And now, if you play games, which we if you played, you know, Battlefront Two, you can play through a story campaign that tells you it fills you in more on the first order and how it came about and all that stuff. So you have that. But if you're not a game player and you're not someone who reads a lot of the books, but you consume television, TV, you know, TV series, movies, all that stuff, if that's your media outlet. You're kind of waiting to have this this first order story told, and okay. this TV series has the ch- opportunity if he's on the far reaches because we know that in the Force Awakens they talk about how a new evil has emerged in the first order far on the out- outer reaches. So he's in the spot. He's probably in the area where the first order starts, and so they could use this ten episode story arc. For a season one, I'm guessing it's going to have multiple seasons, but say it's, you know, they can use this as a way to bridge in such a good way, just like Rogue One did between the new trilogy and the original trilogy. So, but, okay, do you think season one is going to have, a, well, of course it's going to have tie-ins and it's going to have, uh, it's going to have little Easter eggs, but do you think it needs to connect to the Star Wars movies, or can it just stand alone for you? I think it can stand alone. I think this can stand alone. They can add references to the war and stuff like that. It's similar to 
how Netflix does the Marvel the Marvel Netflix series where they reference the incident and things like that. You can do stuff like that and then still stand on your own because in the end, if you want this to be a continuation, if you want this to be a series that's going to have multiple seasons, you can't rest on your laurels. You have to go blaze a new trail and be something that fans want more of of that particular genre or that not genre but that particular series. They want to know more about the characters that are from this particular section of the universe as opposed to relying on, you know, names that we all know and love. Oh. Give us new characters to love. That's what John Favreau needs to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it can stand alone and I'm I'm really looking forward to see what John builds here. Uh, and like you said, like, like you said, you, you think there's going to be multiple seasons. We know this is going to be on Net, uh, Disney, sorry, I was going to say Netflix, Disney streaming services. That's going to boost Disney streaming services almost maybe, I, I, I'm not going to say ahead of Netflix, but definitely it's going to be right up there with like a Hulu, Amazon Prime type of thing. If you add Star Wars in there, and we're talking about Loki 2 and Scarlet Witch, those are some big hitters, man. You know, but but the thing is, is people are interesting. People will play the the sub game, so the episodes will come out. They'll be like, "Oh, gotta get it for this, you know, for this month." And then if they if they put out all the episodes at once, they people will binge through them. Now I've got it. Cancel their service. Pick up their service when the next big thing comes out. So you'll what you'll see is surges, where Netflix has such a already. You know, we have series that we've had in order. They had their original streaming service, which is just movies, and they had their contract with stars and stuff like that. So they had a basis of people already on the service. Then they have so many new content, Netflix originals, all that stuff that come out on top of everything else that they offer that they maintain people. Yeah. Keeping that Plus a lot of people and people I talk to, I'm like, have you seen the new season of Walking Dead? They're like, has it hit Netflix yet? I'm like, no, on <laughs> on AMC, man. They're like, no, no, I'm just waiting for it to hit Netflix. So there's those people too. You know what I mean? So yeah. people have... Uh... I'm that way with Fear of the Walking Dead. As much as I wanted to stay up to date yeah. with it, I'm I'm still... I, I hate to admit, I've seen a few episodes in between because I didn't really care that much about like... But now, because of the few episodes I saw in between, now I'm so curious that I'm, I'm only uh, halfway through season two. And I'm actually going back and watching because now I have to know the storyline because I'm curious now they, they did enough stuff in the episodes I've seen that they piqued my interest to go check it out. Yeah. There's a, there's another streaming service out there too, that I subscribed to because I was pretty excited about having a teen Titans series, a uh, live action series. I'm a huge teen Titans fan. I'm a huge Robin Nightwing, the whole lore behind all the Robins. I love it all. Um, almost more than Batman. I love Robin so much. I just grew up loving Robin. And so, yeah, I subscribe to DC streaming services uh, just so I can get Teen Titans. I mean, they do offer a lot of other stuff like Batman original animated series and stuff like that. So I know we kind of went off on a trail here, but Star Wars is going to hit Disney streaming services and a lot of people are going to buy it, man. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Like we said, we already figured things out. You'll be the DC guy. I'll be the Disney guy. That's fine with me, man. Let's just share. Next. Live action all over the place. We had the live action Star Wars. Now we're trying to talk live action Chronicles of Narnia coming to Netflix. Now, it seems like, you know, here's the thing. Netflix knows that two things go really good for them that they get a lot of uh, they get a lot of views on. Uh, fantasy and sci-fi. Fantasy and sci-fi are their highest grossing uh, clicks or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. 
Well, they were in the in the mix to try to get uh, try to get Lord of the Rings when that was it, but they Correct, didn't get yeah. the bid. So what do you do? Let's go with the other tr- the other series of books that is fantastical and create an entire series off of that would be really easy for us to do. So much so that if you wanted to, even if you wanted to not go back to that time and you wanted to modernize it, you could actually modernize Chronicles of Narnia because of the way that it's set up. You could do it today and walk through a wardrobe and it would have the same magical effect and everything. Maybe even more so because people are so connected to phones now that that's something you could do. Like They'd be like, what? what's this? A wardrobe? We're playing hide and seek? I'd want to be on my phone. You know, they could really, honestly, as much as I, I like classics, I like them oftentimes to stick closer to, I'd be fine with the modernization. I'm not saying Netflix is doing that, guys. This is just me going on a tangent. Uh, but I'm just saying live action Chronicles of Narnia coming to Netflix I'm stoked about this, actually, because I, I grew up with the cartoon. Uh, I loved the the three movies, even though the three movies jumped. They they had they jumped way far ahead of each other. Yeah, I, did, I don't know how much I loved the three movies. I thought the first one was good, and then I thought the next two were okay. Okay, that's actually a better... I, I love the premise, the idea of the series, I think, is what it is. Because you read the books growing up, right? I mean... Yeah, with, well, I, I listened more than I read. My grandfather would read stuff to him. But we read them in school, too. Yeah, in school, too. You had, uh, I've read all the way to The Last Battle. And I don't know if I've read them once or twice. I'm thinking I've read them twice. Or I started reading the series again a second time. Probably middle school era. And <clears throat> I don't think I've picked it up since then. Um, I'm just going to read this real quick, uh, Damien. From, this is from okay. GameSpot. That Netflix has announced a deal with CS... Lewis Company to develop the new films and series based on the classic novels Chronicles of Narnia. The company boasts that it's in the first time a single company has held the rights to all seven of the books in Narnia universe. So that is kind of big that they own all rights to all seven books. So really it's in their hands. Also, the second thing is that they're talking about uh, a film and series, you know, so we got a TV series and live action TV series, hopefully, and then a film. Now, the announcement notes that the production will be handled by Netflix's own studio alongside Mark Gordon of Entertainment One. Gordon was attached to the silver chair, which was going to be the next film that was going to be created, you know, by Walden and Walt Disney Studios. So this is kind of big that Mark Gordon is on board again. And but also, like you were saying about, you know, Lord of the Rings and Amazon buying Lord of the Rings. Well, the kind of the announcement covers both series adaptations. It remains to be seen which one Lewis will work on because it will be turned into features ongoing series. The competition for these modern fantasy classics is heating up as Amazon reporting eyeing the same producers for Lord of the Rings series. So these guys are going to be busy, man. I I like the idea that they're bringing in Gordon because he had he had his hands all tied into the silver chair. I would like to see the silver chair be created into the movie. And then after the silver chair, we have horse and his boy, the magician's nephew and the last battle. Those are the four movies left that need to be made. I would like to see Netflix make those four movies and maybe a small TV series that coincides to connect things. I, I don't know how it's going to work. If you're going to do movies and the TV series, you might want to finish off the movies. You could do a movie. Well, what you could do here's you could do a movie and then you could have the side battles or side things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So you have the movie that takes X amount of time to film. A series is can be filmed alongside that and released to fill the gap in between each film. And so you have a season, you have a movie, then you have a season, then you have a movie, then you have a season, you know. And so then you have that 
So you're keeping the people because what happens is is we talk about games as a service and stuff like that. If you don't games as a service, if they don't keep people engrossed, like you know Fortnite seasons, all that stuff, it keeps people coming back. Keeps people coming back. If you don't, if you just put out a series of movies, but you don't have something to whet the person's appetite to, to keep it coming, keep enough interest in it, they might go off to something else like Hulu or something like that. But if you keep it going, there's another thing that if people are coming for 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 their fantasy. Netflix is a place for fantasy. Make that the thing. Let me ask you a couple questions then. <clears throat> Would you want a movie and a series all in one year? And then the next year, a movie and a series? Yes. That would work for me too, because you could yeah. do the movie first, and then you could do this. So maybe we need a series to connect the third movie to the silver chair, then the silver chair, then the series, and that would be yeah, okay. Yeah, he's shaking work. his head. Yes, he's agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think that would work fantastically. I'm super excited about this. Awesome. So going from Netflix's, uh, you know, the live action, all this talk. We've both been excited for Venom. Neither one of us had an opportunity to get in to see it. We're going to see it next week is what I'm thinking. Is I'm going to see happen. it Sunday with your mom, actually. Also, so you're, so, so Nick gets to see it Sunday. I have to hold off until, I have to hold off until Monday night. Monday night, I'm going to go see it. Uh, so next week, we will talk about Venom and give our review on it. But, you know, the thing is, is that we talk off, off a lot about how the fans can speak. The fans can save something. Venom, when it came to the critics, was being just trounced on. But the fans have spoken. Venom will carry on. We will get another we will get another Venom film. All this stuff. It is number one in the box office. It is the king so far of October, and I'm thinking it's gonna stay that way. Venom's number one. It actually broke a record so far. So I don't think anybody else is gonna break a record. It broke a record for the month of October for opening weekend. Right now, Venom's at $80.3 million for the month of October. 30% for the critics, and I'm talking about Rotten Tomatoes here, 89% for the audience. 89% to 30% for the critics? That is a huge off-balance there. And you are not kidding me, man. The, The audience has spoken. This is the Venom movie they actually wanted. It's not what the critics wanted. Maybe there's not the story form, or it's not a depth form, or maybe they just don't get the character. I don't know. Uh, it's an anti-hero, and I, there's not too much I can say about it because, again, we haven't seen it. But then we look at another movie that came out this month that I actually want to see. It's with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, A Star is mm-hmm. Born, a remake. Yeah. It's made $43 million this year. Oh, I'm sorry, this, this year, uh, this month. And it's at 90% on the critics' meter and then 84% for the audience. So you see how they're kind of balanced there. So it's really crazy to me that Venom is so low on the critic side of things. It just maybe they just didn't get the direction. I don't think there's a lot of critics out there that honestly know comics. That's the problem. You have so many. You think in this down day and age though, don't you think uh, guys our age that grew up with this? Well, the critics that I've seen, the people that I follow, actually haven't didn't like it either. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm like, what is it that you don't get about this? What can you not understand? I mean, Richard Roper not giving it a, a giving it a one point five out of four stars. I get it, Richard Roper. I don't I don't come to him for my comic book, you know, critic score. But yeah, I I just don't, I don't get it, man. Uh, but again, we haven't seen the movie, so I'll, I'll hold off yeah. and we could talk about it next week. What we think? Todd McFarlane created Venom. 
And Venom was Todd McFarlane's character. Todd McFarlane is also touted as one of the men who, you know, the artists and authors who basically saved Spider-Man. When Spider-Man was on a decline, he came in, took over, basically created a whole new version and like art, gritty art style for Spider-Man and brought it back to the limelight. Then he creates Venom and Venom was in all reason for it. Venom was the Venom was the start of Spawn because what happened was he left when when Tom McFarlane left Marvel he loved these characters so much Spider-Man and Venom that but he liked that he loved that symbiote symbiotic he loved the symbiotic are you saying of, it are you saying it like the lady <laughs> I that's what happened is I started to say it like her but it's symbiotic and he loved how that worked together where one entity was two so he created something that wasn't as beefy as beefy as Venom, but created something a combination between the two in a really gritty environment, and that was Spawn. If you see Spawn, he looks like a combination of Venom and Spider-Man, and his suit, specifically his cape alone, is very very reminiscent very, of the very Ven- much. of Venom. Or like his cape kind of reminds me, and I think I think it. I think he said this before, Batman, where it wraps around and it does the cloak and dagger type of thing, you know? Yeah, it was also, is his cape also, you know, people, if you're going by Marvel, you might say his cape is similar to that of uh, Doctor Strange's cape. Has a kind of... That's a better, that's a better reference, sentient, sentient life. Yeah, yeah, that's better, yeah. Well, he was doing a panel at uh, New York City Comic Con. Yeah. And basically he talks about the fact, and there's some really cool things here I like. Now... If he's you are very fan, honest in this panel, he's very, very, very honest in this panel. Uh, dropping f bombs left and right. Basically, he he's he told when when people are trying to tell him, "Oh, we don't get it." He's like, "It's not. It's okay if you don't f and get it. It's it's fine. This isn't your movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's a Spawn movie, which means it's a horror movie." Which is why how he got teamed up with Bloomhouse, and he's directing it. Like before, it wasn't him that directed it; he produced it. He is directing it. But what's awesome is he's reteaming with Greg Nicotero, who, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and the makeup in The Walking Dead, you know who Greg Nicotero is. So much so that Greg Nicotero actually directs episodes of The Walking Dead now. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's his makeup work is fantastic, man. And he did he worked on the original Spawn. Out, uh, outfit and everything now he's coming back for the reimagining of it and you know he talks about it. he says hey you know i'm not the Sp-. he refers to spawn but this is what i love he refers to like the, we're gonna get the gritty story and this is gonna follow more of the hbo animated series so if you have hbo do yourself a favor don't let it watch it with children but go watch yourself the animated spawn series it follows crime it's like a gritty crime drama along with this along with this uh demonic kind of side story that goes along with it and it follows twitch and sam as they go through and they find they, they solve cases and stuff like that now what it sounds like though it does not sound like sam is actually in this film at least the first one it sounds like it's going to be following just twitch which is jeremy renner he mentions the fact that he was lucky to get jeremy renner but because of how polarizing todd McFarlane is and people want to work with him i think this is why he got jeremy renner yeah, and and that's the thing is is that, but the other thing is is that Todd Todd McFarlane doesn't come into movies very often, but he's you know he has the money, he's funding a lot of this himself, and he's just you know he comes in and says, hey, I want to do this thing, I can't talk to you about I, I goes I do comic books and fantasy twelve hours a day, 
I can't. I don't watch them. I watch dramas. He goes, I can't talk to you about Hawkeye, but I can talk to you about your dramas. I can talk to you about Hurt Locker. I can talk to you about these these other things that you've been a part of, and I love those. Do you want to work with me? And he was and like, he says, Yeah. And I yeah. think I think I think if I was Jeremy Renner, I would like that. And but you know that was really interesting when he said that though in that speech, or he's kind of just filler busting there. Uh, he's like, I don't I don't know what an Avengers is. He's like, I don't know about Thanos. He's like, I haven't watched it. I don't watch it when I'm done. I do this all day. I don't watch it, which amazes me that he's not watching all the other superhero show movies that come out the MCU or DC. And that's why people that are producing this movie don't understand why the hero doesn't talk a lot or why he's not in it more. And he's trying to explain it to him because that's not what it is. And no. you don't have to understand it. I loved yeah. it. I love when he said that. Because he says, he goes, you're going to have this amazing drama. This murder, all this stuff, because you have this great drama. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh shit, Spawn's here! You know, you're going to jump. And it's like, how he jumps, like, when you when you listen to Todd McFarlane talk, I tell you, follow him on his social media, follow him on Facebook, follow him wherever you have social media, follow him. The guy is amazing. And he amazing. Does, yeah. he does, at the end of each day, basically, almost every day he, he streams. Yep. And he'll stream just a drawing and have a little talk. He From his studio, he'll he'll do a little quick, little little conversation, talk to you about what's going on in his life. And he's, it just, it captivates you. He'll show you how to draw something. He'll teach you to draw something. Like, I learned how to draw eyes. Uh, I always had a hard time with eyes. I drew a comic book style eye and, like, just from a little thing that he taught real quick. He teaches you how to draw hands. He'll teach you how to draw Spider-Man. He'll teach you little things like this. Uh, he did his own little version of Venom, actually. Yeah. No, on top of that, he's such a cool guy for doing that, too. And I watch all those drawing things because I love to draw. I, you know, I've been drawing my whole life. I'm not great at it. I just love to do it. And it, he, he taught me how to draw eyes, too. And I forget what it was. It was either like a Spider-Man one or a Spawn one. I forget what he was doing. And he taught me, taught me how to draw eyes on a mask. Yep. Because that's the technique right there is you have to be able to show that it's an actual eye with a mask on it because that's how Spider-Man reacts with his different, how Spider-Man's eyes change. And that's actually really great in the Asomic game on PS4 right now is that his eyes change different things and you can tell what his reactions are even though he's wearing a mask. It's really hard to do. It's not It's not simple things to do. Hands yeah. and eyes, they're, they're tough to do, man. Yeah. And it just, but what I loved about this was just that at his panel... He is just, he owns the panel and he's telling you basically, he goes, I, he goes, guys, I have, he goes, I have Jamie Foxx. Al Simmons is going to talk. But then when the beast is there and when he refers to the beast, this is what I love so much is that the monster, the beast, Spawn is the beast. It's almost he goes, like he's talking about split. Yeah, it, <laughs> that is exactly what it felt like. It felt yeah. more like he was talking about it. But you know what? I bet you he hasn't seen split because it's a superhero. Yeah, I, I bet you. I have. bet you he did see Split because okay, Split so wasn't be really. Cause... I don't think Split was really uh, uh, sold as a superhero movie. I don't even think it, uh, uh, M Night Shyamalan even said he was going to make a sequel or he connect didn't. Split. He didn't. That was the surprise. That was what was the surprise about it. That, that was, was his. That was his India. That was his stick. I, have you seen the trailer for Mister Glass? Sorry, segue. Oh, ah! Yes, I can't. Got to talk about that next week. Yeah. yeah. So there's been all this stuff that's going on. We're super big fans of Todd McFarlane. If you is... if you have somebody, I'm sorry, if you have somebody that's this talented and you know he's this talented, he's this enthusiastic about a character that he developed and made, just make the damn movie with the man. It's going to work. He's a smart guy. This has been going on. This has basically been trying to get started since he realized he messed up and went PG-13 with the first one. 
And then he did the animated series on HBO, and he goes, this is what I need to do with the movie. And ever since he did the animated series, he's been trying to make the animated series into a movie. Yeah, and but I think when he made the first movie, he probably got talked into some things because that's his first movie, and I, I understand that. And now he's like, look, I know what I'm doing. I, I Just get out of my way, please. And I love yes. that. That's basically who he was saying at the New York Comic Con. It was like, hey, listen, I'm going to make this movie. I got Jamie Foxx. I got Jeremy Renner. I have the stars. Just just get out of my way. Give me the money. Let's make this. Exactly. And that's one of the things that, I mean, you, when you go on here, we like to geek out. But what's crazy is is that this is a guy who he's geeking out. He owns, he loves this character and he's going to create something awesome for us. I wanted to tag that on to Top Stories because it was one of my favorite things at, at, San, or, or at New York City Comic Con. Right now, guys, we're going to jump out of this. We're going to go into our game chat. And there's a, there's a doozy with two of the things we're going to talk about on game chat. Where uh, there there is the the main event will be the division conversation. Just some some questions and stuff on that. But so but the three main games that we're going to be talking about right now, uh, division two will be will be the ending of the show. But the first what we're going into game chat right now is going to be two things we're going to talk about. We're talking about Red Dead. But first, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's COD Black Ops 4. Out today, released today. I finally got my hands on it. And what I did wrong, Damien, because it's... Everybody, if you haven't downloaded yet, and, and this is going to come out on Tuesday, so this is going to be late. But if you haven't, or if you're planning on after you listen to this, or you're going to buy it, it, it takes a while to download. It's 50. Yes, it does. It, I think it's 50 or 40. It's 48. But the problem with the download, I think it's 48 gigs, but the thing is, the problem with the download is that on any, whatever service you're trying to download on, there's so many people that are trying to download this thing that it's bogging the servers down. It took me, I think, three hours for it to download, honestly. But another issue was I was playing PUBG at the same time. That's your problem. I Because I, I, I wasn't playing anything, and it downloaded... For me, it downloaded in uh, 20 minutes. But Yeah, I, I was using my Xbox. And also because like the PTS server for PUBG had to download and I was getting Forza 4 because I forgot to download Forza 4. So I haven't played that yet either. But yeah. Which next week we'll talk about our fun in Horizon. We'll, we'll, Nick and I will try to get some time in, in between some of, some of the, <laughs> the Black Ops goodness. But okay, I got to ask you something. So yep. first off, you and I are fans... We, we, we're I'm mostly a fan of the of the multiplayer but I do like the story I like I like I love the story of bl- the black ops games uh-huh. and I love the story of the modern warfare games those are the, my favorite stories the only only games that I've actually played through and played the stories on for the campaign have been the black ops and then the modern warfare have you had the opportunity to jump into the multiplayer and play through the training sessions that gives you the cinematics? No, I have not. Oh my god! Oh I my have god. not been able to take a play with it. I didn't have a lot of time today, so I played the beta. So I played the you know blackout mm-hmm. mode, which is your battle royale mode, and I jumped into your typical multiplayer team death match. Um, I I didn't play even the zombie mode, so I'll have to update and I'll have to go through the cinematic with you, and I'll, we'll have to do that next week, man. Yeah. Okay. So next next week we're gonna talk about the cinematic stories because there is much they they snuck a campaign in in a sense, and that's through your training. Through your training, you unlock these cinematic stories that tell you about these characters. And I'm gonna tell you this much: uh, if you have kids, 
there's different there's uh there's some cool settings on here right now if you have kids then you know your kids want to play call of duty but you want to tone down the blood you can go on so in zombie mode you can put cell animation on so it plays it more like the 80s and so that and it reduces the blood stuff like that so it makes it look more cartoony you can also turn off these cutscenes, and these cutscenes, i'm going to tell you if you're if it's a child or even if it's a teenager or if you're sensitive to the stuff and you just wanted to play the multiplayer do yourself a favor and actually turn off the cutscenes because the cutscenes are brutal and it doesn't matter. They're not caring on if you're, you know, your age or sex. It, it doesn't matter. The brutality is going to happen to you no matter what. And it's really, really vivid. Okay. All right. So that, that is my, that is my one warning to people out there, but I'm going to tell you this much. I haven't like last call of duty. Amazing story. I did. Uh, yeah. I played halfway through the story. And then I just watched my kid play the last half. So mm-hmm. I was able to get the story. So amazing story, amazing game. I wasn't keen on the multiplayer though. The multiplayer got stale for me after a while, and and I do notice that with me with some of the old the World War II games, I will play them because I want to play World War II stuff because it reminds me of my grandfather and stuff. So I'll play them for that. But I notice that I usually it has to have a special hook to get me hooked in. Yeah, I agree. And I played the beta for Battle Battlefield, the new Battlefield one or Battlefield World War Two, and. That has more of a hook in it to where I'll play that because of the way that the story and the way that the, the game itself, the multiplayer felt on it. But I'm going to tell you something. This game, it's got its hooks in me better than any Call of Duty. I mean, Black Ops 3, I love the story. I love the fact that you had this like kind of zombie style side story you could go through on it. I loved all the different ways that they did the story, how you could play it cooperatively with a friend going yeah. through it. I really dug Black Ops 3's campaign style. The multiplayer, on the other hand, I was not a fan of. It went the route of the hero shooter, but it was still, you know, it was too fast and stuff like that. It it, it just, it lacked something for me. But this one, it's something different. I've played, I, I can tell you, I've played Zombies, and I'll wait to talk to you about Zombies because I have some gripes on it, but it's gripes on my own accord because of not playing through all the zombie content to get this whole story on some of the stuff. Other than that, the zombie mode from what I've played so far, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but the, uh, next week as in later, but <laughs> multiplayer, multiplayer modes. I played through hard, some of the hardcore multiplayer modes. I played through some of the standard hardcore. Of course, you're not really able to heal. So that, that just kind of makes it a, it's not really there because it's a one shot, you know, it's like pretty much, if you got to get kills with a crappy gun, you go to hardcore to get the kills yep. to, to unlock something because you hit them, they're gonna die. That's basically. kind of like that's kind of every Call of Duty though. If you're yeah. trying to get achievement for that gun or something like that, yeah, you got to hit the hardcore mode. But but the standard mode and stuff like that, I was having, I really something that you had talked about was the healing. The healing just it just works for you, and it's it's that stuff that we've got. You got a chance. You and I both got a chance to play in Blackout. Now I'm gonna tell you though. As much as I like, I, I, I mean, like it's, it, I'm jumping in. I like the ability to paint my own guns and all this stuff and the customization that there is there within the main, the main old school style play. Blackout for me is where it's at. I, I did enjoy Blackout. Um, I have not played it yet on the release game. I just played it on the beta. So I don't know if there's a lot more changes or if it's this, if the same. So I will hold that till next week also. Um, but uh, from my original take on the beta for Blackout was that it flowed uh, very fast and very quick, which I liked. I liked the healing aspect that was very quick. The part that I didn't like is that if you did were playing squads and you didn't knock somebody, 
you were able to res somebody very quickly, which changes the whole flow and aspect of the game. Because a lot of like PUBG or Fortnite is if you knock somebody, uh, especially like in duos or squads, uh, especially like duos, you really want to push because then it's just two on one. And, and so in Black Ops, you can't really push because that guy can be res very quickly. And then the healing aspect of the game, which is in the multiplayer too, it's very quick. It's yeah. just a quick. What do you think it is? Two and a half seconds, three seconds. You know, it's like it's about it's it's the thing. It's like three and a half seconds for the for the wrap, for the wrap, uh, and then it, it it goes up a little bit for each one. But it's so fast, and you can do it while running. That's the other thing. Is it's not like it's not like Fortnite where you have to duck and you sit there and heal. Same with PUBG. You got to stop. Yeah. You can you can be mobile while you're doing this. The whole thing about this is mobile, and so what I love so much about that in the blackout mode is that this gives. It, it gives me a fast-paced, you know, 100-person, go in there, battle royale to play. I like that. I just like the, the pace of it. So PUBG, to me, still is the tactical. Like, if I want to be, ta- like, super, super tactical. Yeah. We're talking about ghillie suits. Ghillie suits, all this stuff. I'm going to play. I'm, I'm going to play PUBG. And to me, honestly, PUBG holds, still holds the top tier. For, for BR. For for Battle Royale for me, it definitely does. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big Fortnite guy. Uh, I watch my kids play. It's great. Now, I where I think this Black Ops sits, I think it still sits below both of those. I think both of those are going to sit, you know, way above. We'll see how Battlefield plays out. But this, this Battle Royale mode, to me, it moves quickly. And then at that res state, like I'm talking about, resing people, it's great for resing your own guy. But it moves too quickly. I think that res time should be slowed down. I think the heal time should be slowed down. And I understand what Black Ops is trying to do. I understand what, what you know, Affinity War is trying to do here is is move everything at a very hyper speed. Get everything going fast, fast, fast. I, I, I get it, but it, it kind of takes away a little bit of the strategy. And it's more just like gunplay who's the better shot then. You know, if, if I'm resing a guy behind a tree real quick and we're 200 meters away in Black Ops, I can knock all three guys and the one guy can res all three guys and they could be all fully healed before I even get a chance to push them at 200 meters. Not unless you shoot a rocket launcher at them. That's true. I mean, there is different things. Plus, in the Blackout side, the, the Battle Royale side, which is called Blackout, they also give you the grappling hook, which is in the multiplayer mode. The grappling hook is amazing. Yeah. It's so much fun to play with. If if I had a guy up on top of the roof during the beta, somebody had knocked him, I grappled hook on top of the building, finished them off for him, and now I have the higher ground while the other three guys are running around, and I took the higher stance on it. I, I love to see those type of weapons in Black Ops is what uh, I really enjoyed. The grappling hook, the dart gun, and I also like the cluster bombs too, where it's a slow detonation. Barbed wire where you can block off a side if you're playing the battle royale mode. Block off like a door for an entrance that would kill somebody. The barrier. The barrier that shoots the grenades back. Yeah, the barrier is great. Yeah. Uh, so all those things that are in the battle royale mode too are also, if you uh, pick a specific character in the multiplayer mode, it gives you one of those three things, you know, one of those tactics, either the grappling hook, the barrier, the, the barbed wire, and it gives you a special mode too. As soon as you build up your XP in the multiplayer mode, I had the, what's her name? Anyway, she pulls out. Seraph. Sarah, yeah, she pulls out War Machine. She's like, War Machine on! And it, it's a cool little sound, and it's it's just it's just a, it's a grenade launcher. And you're just like, pa, 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 pa. I, I, I love that part of Black Ops. And as you were talking about uh, previous Black Ops, where you thought it was it was a little bit, you it wasn't grabbing your hooks into you, you know. 
I don't like the echo skeletons. I don't like the flying in the air. I don't like running across the walls. And this one doesn't have that. This one is, uh, so far, in the multiplayer mode, a lot of old Black Ops maps are, I was playing already. As soon as you jumped in, you were like, did you were like, oh, man, I already know this map. I don't have oh, to yeah. learn it. Oh, yeah. It's four. There's four old or remake maps and then 10 original. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, so cool. So it's 14 as of right now. That's a high number. That's fantastic. We will get 12 new maps with the uh, pass, and you can estimate that each map pack that's going to come out, one of those maps is going to be a remake. And did they say in the DLCs, uh, is anything going to change the blackout mode? Are they going to give you new maps, or are they just going to change the map itself like Fortnite? My, my theory is that, because right now, there was this thing that they said, they said, oh, you're going to get, you know, with your pre-order and everything, you get COD points. I haven't seen what these COD points are for. Like, I haven't seen the COD points in the game. I'm supposed to have 2,400 COD points. I haven't seen anything to use them on yet, nor do I see them anywhere. Yeah, I didn't get the higher version than you because I was supposed to have 1,500. Yeah. And I haven't, and seen, so- I haven't seen it yet. But we'll let's dive deep more into it and let's talk about it next week we could dive into the store we could figure out what the black op points are for this game was just released and i know we both were busy today i only had like an hour and a half to play it so i instantly wanted to jump into the multiplayer mode because that's what i have not played with Uh, i'll tell you uh, the sliding effect some people didn't like don't like having the slide i love having the sliding effect oh yeah same here i love the i love the sliding effect that's one of the one of my favorite things with the gunplay there's so many parts of these levels that you don't realize that you can slide and slide underneath yes and come up behind someone and shoot them and make for some really great montages guys if you like to like just record and even if you're not trying to create content but you just want to create some cool some cool stuff for your own self get some crazy shots like that slide and shoot do some john wick stuff and then (laughs) go into your xbox or your playstation and you can edit all the things stuff together you can put some music to it and you can even upload from your console your PC, wherever, to YouTube. And you could just have, you know, people might click it. I mean, they've already said, uh, Treyarch's already said, hey, please send us all your crazy your crazy montages and stuff. So guys, get out there. Treyarch's asking for it. They're going to look at it. And I said Infinity Ward earlier, and you're right. It's, it's yeah, a Treyarch, Treyarch game. It's not Infinity Ward game. But so far, so good on the multiplayer mode. I really, I was really having a lot of fun. And the space of it is actually faster than the last two games. It's, oh, yeah. it's extremely fast. You move but was, what I found interesting is is that it's faster than the last two games, and I didn't like the speed of the other one, but I'm I'm actually okay with the speed of this one. I don't know why that is, but it feels like they got the good like it feels very similar to the speed of uh, Titanfall, which Titanfall I like too. Yeah. So maybe that's you, what it is. Let me ask you something real quick. How do you like the spawn rate? Because I like if I die and you're going to give me a spawn time, let me follow one of my teammates over the shoulder camera mode. Let me follow one of them while they're playing because what was happening was it was just giving me a top view of the map I'm playing and it shows you in colors where everybody's at. and Which is cool, but it kind of gives you 10 seconds to look at that. I'd rather just follow one of my teammates, you know? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, it's, the spawn rate's got to be, at least it's better than Warface because we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, Warface is for you to play. Download it if you want. But uh, I'm just going to say I downloaded it. Wanted to see what it was like. I never played it on PC. Could have played it. Didn't play it on PC. You're playing with people on PC. Not fun. That's just all I'm going to say is that I downloaded it. and It's on my queue to un- to uh, 
Remove. Just saying. <laughs> Removed. Next up, guys, on Game Chat, we're going to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2, which is coming out at the end of the month. I'm super stoked about it. Uh, you know, I'll get my multiplayer on between Sea of Thieves and obviously Call of Duty Black Ops until November when the Red Dead Redemption Online comes out. Uh, so I'll be playing the single player stuff with Red Dead, which honestly, it, with all the details and how realistic that they're going with this game, I'm going to need to play the single player story just to be good when the multiplayer comes out because everything whereas in the past there's things that were held away between campaign and multiplayer rockstar wants to say nay that we want this to be this is our biggest game we want to bring all that from campaign and more to the multiplayer talk about rockstar this is something that rockstar says what the basically detail depth and choice define every aspect of red dead redemption 2 and weapons are no exception this is taken from the rockstar games website by the way guys there are over 50 i say 50 unique usable weapons Jeez. a massive range of options for customization a wide selection of different ammunition types to improve accuracy, range, or damage. Discover more about the weapon customizations and enhanced AI system, and you click on the link, and it goes over and it brings you a breakdown. Well, one of those things is, I'm going to read the next set. It says, weapon choice and customization. We all love to customize things. Hell yeah. And one of the things, you know, Red Dead Redemption was great you could play online you get your guns the only customization you really got was if you played and unlocked all the skills all did all the stuff for each particular gun you had to go through all these stuff and it was like going through jumping through hoops like in call of duty to get your gold gun well in this you'd have to go through the pvp and all this stuff and then you'd get a gold version of the gun that was your only customization you got nay says red dead redemption 2 they you know this also gives them an opportunity for rockstar to make more money you know because obviously there's going to be some type of shark card only it won't be shark card it'll be like i don't know like a uh, a heist or a bank robbery not even a heist because i'll be in the game but it'll be like a, a robbery or something like or some type of like a, ve- uh, a vault or something maybe is what they'll do for selling you loot that you can use for pay with real currency to buy stuff in game or whatever but it says with a myriad of customization options ranging from visual upgrades like new metals woods varnishes and engravings to performance upgrades like new barrels grips sights and scopes Design an entirely unique weapon that looks and handles exactly the way you want it. Every weapon's performance varies in terms of damage, range, fire rate, accuracy, and reload speed. So it's important to pick wisely depending on the situation. They're talking right now the situation whether or not you're going in to rob a bank and you're going to have to take on a bunch of people. You're going to need something that's going to be fast. You're going to need a fast action weapon. But you know, if you're going hunting for a, say, rabbit pelt, a shotgun's not going to be your best bet because the shotgun, if you hit it, it's going to damage the pelt. So you're going to want a varmint gun, which they actually have, which is a lower caliber. You get the kill, and then in, you know you get more money for the fur. That's the thing is everything, the detail that they went to in this game, it's like part hunting sim. It's part, you know, all, all this stuff. I mean, it's like basically, it might as well have given us our digital, The this is, guys, this is the first foray into Westworld, I'm just saying. <laughs> But they are giving you, like, your OK Corral. You know, like, here's yeah. the guns for the OK Corral. You know, if you hit the street shootout. If you're going hunting, here's your guns for that. If you're going to the bank robbery, here's your guns for that. Long range. If you need a long yeah. range weapon, here's your gun for that. And then customization to exactly what you... Because 
I like to move fast and I like to spray. So as best as I can in Red Dead Redemption. But they're going to give me, me something to, to help me with that though. And if you want to do that, this next segment that they talk about is for you, man. Because it's like, it says the high fire rate of a double action revolver lends itself well to shooting on the move from horseback. Or when you're running running in, you're shooting back and forth, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it says, if you're carrying something in one hand, like a lantern or a small animal, consider using a sawed-off shotgun, which packs a much bigger punch at close range than, say, one of the other one-handed weapons. The varmint rifle is perfect for hunting, small game, because it's far less likely to damage the quality of the skin and meat than a fire or firearm with a bigger shell size. When faced with just one or two enemies, you might want to go for a spring-filled rifle, which has slower fire rate but delivers a much higher damage. For range, a sniper rifle or some kind is obviously a good choice, but scopes can also be fitted to all other types of rifles, enabling you to switch between regular view and scope view at any time. Again, guys... Not oh no longer are you stuck to one sniper rifle in Red Dead Redemption. Any of your rifles can have a scope. That's amazing because if something fits you a little bit better and it's not really typically a sniper rifle, but you you it works with you great, then you can put a scope on it. Because like you know like PUBG and M4, I use it for a long range weapon all the time. <laughs> I oh, yeah, throw, same here, I throw same four here. times or six times on it, and it works for me beautifully. Yeah, and so this is the thing you're gonna learn what works well for you now. This is what's crazy about this, though. Metals and engravings are customizable per component. If you have a gun and you put an engraving on it, you can have different type of metals inlaid into that engraving. That could be gold. It could be silver. It could be platinum. It could be bronze. It can be whatever, nickel. You can have different metals put into there. So you're able to create, a, not only are you creating a weapon that works and functions for yourself, but you're able to create something that has a look that is distinct to to yourself. This You're able to select different colors and engravings for the trigger guard, barrel, frame, and more. You can also choose from a variety of inlay metals for engravings on each part. That's insane, man. It's so incredible that they're doing this. So you could you could find somebody that you're playing with has a complete the same gun, but it's completely different. But it's not. That's the other thing is they don't. They're not even stopping there. Like you've seen, if you've seen the movie Bear, this is going back a long time. I remember seeing the movie Bear, and you see the guy crossing the bullets. So you talk about hollow points or these different types of, of rounds. We know that there's you know uh, anybody who's a shotgun fan loves themselves some Dragon's Breath. You see these different types of shells that we know are available. Not necessarily back then. Dragon's Breath wasn't. That'd be crazy. Uh, <laughs> but we're talking about, like, we're talking about, this, they said, for extra stop and purchase and craft a variety of ammo types, such as split point, which is split point is when you X the top. And that yeah. breaks it out. It basically makes the bullet into a four smaller piece, but up close range will freaking tear a hole in you. Uh, this also a high velocity or... I guess maybe I wasn't so wrong about the uh, about the dragon breath. Dragon's breath because explosive ammo is coming is going to be a thing. That's kind of cool. I I I like the different varieties of uh, ammunition in there. Explosive ammo though, okay. Well, if you remember, they had the TNT gun that shot that would shoot TNT. But this is the thing, this guys. Is a prequel though. This is a prequel, <laughs> but this is but the thing about this being a prequel, you a lot of stuff's makeshift, and so. And with how detailed they're going, I wouldn't put it my put it past that Rockstar to be like, okay, and I'll tell you, I'll explain a little bit more here in in, in a second why I'm saying this. If you use explosive ammunition, I'm thinking that it could have a very high likely of a chance of also backfiring on you. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because of because of the amount of detail that they're going into on how you do this, and this is all also including the online part of the service, but your horse's saddle will store all of your weapons. So no longer are you running around in GTA Online or GTA uh, 5, you know, running around, and you have a, ro- you know, I can pull up a gun with a million amounts of ammo out of my ass. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, you can pull it out of your horse's ass. <laughs> But not out of yourself. So if you hop off your horse, you got to select and carry the weaponry you'll need when leaving your horse behind because you're only going to be able to carry, say, you know, a rifle and like a handgun. Or, you know, you'll, there'll be limited slots to, yep. based on what you're wearing and stuff. I said based on what you're wearing because next little uh, slide over here, it says carry single-handed pistols, revolvers, and single-handed sawed-off shotgun in your holsters. Plural. Upgraded and reinforced holsters will protect the weapons from degrad or degrad degradation against the elements while offhand holsters give you the ability to dual wield. We've been wondering since we've seen the trailers that is of course you finally get to have your dream of dual wielding and you can dual wield any single-handed weaponry. So you can have a sawn-off shotgun and a revolver or two sawn-off shotguns. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Gee, that's four, four, four. Aim. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That that's a quick that's a quick blow. Can you carry now if you're holding the dual wielding pistols or just having the double holsters? Can you still carry a rifle with you or no? We don't know that. But that's something mm. we don't know right now. Now, one of the things that's big that's crazy about this though is is that based on you you can have these weapons like that, but you actually have to clean them. You're gonna have to clean them. You're gonna have to oil them. As you use them, the weapons will get. So it, they, there's a there's a scene in Ghost uh, Ghost in the Darkness where Michael Douglas looks over and he says, you know, he talks to the other uh, other actor. I'm forgetting his name. He goes, "Wait, you're taking a, a weapon into battle that he has. He was handed a brand new like elephant gun, and he, he it misfires. He goes, you took an unproven ri- ri- weapon into you know into war. Yeah, and well." It's kind of the say here. If you if you use your weapon a lot, it's going to work better. But you have to fi- keep that fine balance of well used and too used to where the point where you can have jams or your mind might even just quit working altogether. So you got to clean your gun. You got to do all this stuff. You're going to see the wear and tears. You might have a fancy, fancy gun that you just spent a ton of money on. But if it gets banged up. It's going to be banged up. You have to pay the money to fix it. So you're going to have to do stuff, oil it, clean it, all this stuff. I'm curious if they're going to allow you to clean it yourself, like there's some mechanic that you have to do to clean it yourself, or you have to take it to some shop and turn in your your gun, and maybe you'll lose it for a certain amount of time because you didn't keep it up, and uh, whoever has to clean it for you and put it back into you know working order. I want, I'm curious about how they're going to make that work. You know, I would think that if it breaks, you'd probably have to bring it in to a gunsmith. But I think if you're just, uh, if you're at your camp, uh, that's the thing is I, there's, I don't think you'll be able to do stuff out in the open to clean it. I think that'll be kind of their way of keeping people from just going out and camping in one spot and like taking on a whole barrage of people constantly. Okay. I think unless you pick up, unless you pick up their guns and use their guns against them and stuff. But because I in Red Dead Redemption, when I play online, my brother and a few bunch of us would get together. We'd have like a full posse of us would go up into the mountains and we would just kill people left and right and get make the whole server angry. 
and get them to come after us and just take them all out and just go pick up their guns and we had ammunition. So maybe this is their way to stop you from doing I'm that. I'm thinking that, yeah, but we, we could still pick up their guns, maybe. If we're able to pick up their guns, then... Then we would be able so to. So, you do think it. even if you make camp, that if you make camp, I think maybe camp... makes you vulnerable to other players, makes you, and yeah. so you allow you to. So, like, somebody has to clean their gun while they're, while they're at the camp, while other people protect them, or something like I, that. I think, th- I think there's going to be a mechanic to similar to like the Fortnite healing, uh, uh, fire. Fire, uh, fire pit, the campfire. Yeah, the, the campfire, yeah. So I think you might be able to do something like that to do some of the some of the smaller tasks like this where you're cleaning an oil in your gun or you're eating something that might give you a bonus uh, that you cook. or like So cooking and cleaning, I think, or, or of your weaponry and cooking of meat and stuff, I think you'll be able to do with some type of forward-based camp. But your camp, as it is, everybody will have a camp. I believe your camp will actually be something that'll be instanced to yourself, similar to if you have an apartment, a club, or a business in GTA Online. Okay. That makes sense, where you can upgrade your camp and add yeah, different and you things Yeah, and you can bring your, your posse in, your gang, whatever you want to call Maybe it. Maybe you don't want to sleep on a on the ground anymore. You get yourself a cot. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's just some craziness. Like, I mean, Red Dead Redemption just put that out today. They, they just put out the, the there's like, you know, it was all over Twitter. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Wanted to talk about it. It is very it cool. Because yeah, absolutely. It's just, I mean, before that, they had just released that, you know, balls were going to, you know, horses' balls were going to react to the cold and stuff like that. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and, and everybody, like, IGN even made a joke of it, and they did a stream, a whole stream on talking about that, the whole, the fact that, you know, it, it's just crazy that Rockstar... You got to warm can... your horses' balls. Oh, no, 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 no. But, guys, we're going to jump out of this, go into trailer talk. We're going to touch on some tra- tra- two trailers. We're going to just hit on real quick and get into to a couple other things because we have to we're going to be talking jumping through this stuff first up on trailer talk guys is spider-man into the spider-verse the full trailer came out during the new york city comic-con yep you see a different take like you you understand more on it and this so this made me uh more excited and less excited at the same time because it made me more excited because I saw where they're going, but it also made me a little bit less excited because it's dialed back on the seriousness that I thought it was going to be. I, 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 well, okay. Uh, it's Spider-Man though. You know, there's going to be a comic relief to it. Well, I do. But when you see in the original teaser trailer, you see Peter Parker's gravestone. Mm. So it makes you think that it's yeah. going to be a drama. There's going to be a lot more drama to it. Mm. This I think it well, makes light of all of that. It makes light of all that, but it's mainly it makes light of all that because of the inclusion of one particular character. Oh, is that is that Ham? Is that Ham? Yeah, Spider Ham. Spider Ham. Which comes from the same universe where you know Thor is a frog. Yeah, <laughs> which is so. Earth eighty three eleven for Marvel yes. fans. Yes. So, uh, first thing I I in this trailer, and I know we're. We're going long, and we have to get to the vision. Several images from that reference the Tobey Maguire series of Spider-Man holding the train back. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Doctor Ah, there's just a couple different things. The what I really want to point out is the way the animation is done. Yes, it, it's like you're living in a live painting, but also it has all the little tiny dots of the comic book pages that you're reading as a kid. Uh, you see all these little tiny dots that make up each little sequence, each little panel. I mean. And those little dots come alive throughout the whole trailer. 
And that makes me excited. That was that like, makes me so excited, man. It's almost like something is living behind of what's going on. Actually, you have Spider Man, but you got an entity behind it, almost like you know Venom that like you're talking about earlier, and it's alive. And because of that, the way that they work with this, and it's like breaks the fourth wall. It breaks the fourth wall a lot. This is very it got a very Deadpool feel to it with it because yeah, it does of the inclusion of each character that comes from a different Earth. Yes. Also has a different animation style. Correct. And f- so I'll just go over the characters that we saw real quick. Obviously, we have Miles Morales. This is a Miles Morales story. Earth 1610. Gwen Stacy appears from Earth 65, which is the same Earth that Peter Parker is a lizard in the dimension. Is the lizard in, in this dimension. Sp- uh, Spider-Man Noir from Earth 90214. Uh, the Darker World. Nick Cage is playing that character. He's voicing which that I'm character. Excited about. And it sounds really good. He, yeah. he sounds perfect for that role. Then we have Penny Parker from Earth 14512. And as you're talking about, she's more in an anime. Anime style. Yeah. And then we have Spider-Ham and Earth 8311. And that's a complete ripoff of Porky Pig from the Looney Tunes. Even in the couple sequences where you see him, they're all gathered up over the ceiling. But Spider-Ham is running back and forth on the ceiling. And you see his legs turning and the complete Looney Tunes style, almost like the ceiling's ripping up behind him because he's trying to gain traction to move across. Um, I love the fact that they're all done in different animation styles. I love the fact behind them, the animation is alive. This, this, the way they've done it and the art style they've done it, it's got me so excited to watch this, man. I'm, I'm really hyped. Now, we know it's a Miles Morales story. The thing that was kind of, I kind of opened my eyes to this is that Miles Morales doesn't seem like he gets his powers or is aware of his powers until Kingpin opens up this portal to another dimension and Miles Morales kind of flies through it and he runs into Peter Parker and they go through a training montage. So during that training montage, I just didn't know that was going to be there. I'm, I'm still excited for it, especially as they're swinging the web. He's oh, telling yeah. him, he's like, oh, just hit the right trigger. Just hit the right trigger to, to release his web and get it again. Uh, that was That was really funny, man. I mean, and then a couple other uh, details in this trailer. Peter explains alternate universes with French fries. And that's the same way David Haller did explains it in the FX show Legion. Mm-hmm. Trying to explain. <laughs> I love that they just threw a Legion reference in there. Um, I know you like Legion, so I mm-hmm. knew you'd like that. I'm, I, I've, I've been excited for this from the start, and I'm even more excited for it. And I know how you, you could be tempted. like you're You're like, oh, it could be... It's just the art style and everything. The art style's like, got me, man. Because yeah, the art style, everything looks alive, man. It just looks and, vibrant and colorful, and and I love it, man. Even when they're swinging through the trees, the trees had little things. Yeah, uh, I was. In, I was, I've watched the trailer like twenty times. I was in heaven, man. Yeah, and I I don't think we're done yet. I think we're gonna get more Spider Man. Oh, you think so? I think we're gonna get more Spider Man. Well, think, we had the two gonna... shots where they're all gathered together in the ceiling, like I was talking about hiding. Uh, I think that's it, man. No, I think, I think, but I mean, I'm talking about towards the end. I think it's going to open up like, cause this is the thing. Sony knows that they got a hit on their hands here and they, and, and it's, and it's cheaper for them to make these cause it's animated. Right. So they, they can knock these out. No problem. And so it's, if they can continue the storyline, I mean, you could get, you could get spider pool. You could get, you know, uh, you could bring in all these other characters into it cause it's Marvel and they have the licensure with, with it. They can bring in these characters. So if they can, you know, at the end you just blast it out and you have all these other Spider-Men that come into play. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, they come get... in for a, a final battle, even a final battle. You know, you bring him in. See, we're we're such big fans though of these type of things. We would take a Spider Ham movie and we'd watch it. Yeah, actually, I would. As much as I was giving it crap, yeah. I would watch it. Yeah, I would. But or like a, a Spider Man Noir with with oh just, that that see, that's my favorite. So this is the thing is that's my back, favorite too. Yeah. So, uh, but we don't have future Spider Man, which is twenty Spider Man twenty 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 two twenty twenty two, which we don't see. And I want that Spider Man because so far what we're seeing a lot of is a lot of the Spider Man from the Spider Man Legends of the Spider Man. It was the three sixty game and PlayStation game. It was really really cool. They had two of them that they came out when you had Spider Man Noir and all that stuff. And it was Spider Man Noir uses pistols. I mean, yep. it, it was awesome. So, and he actually kills people in the comics. Yes, yes. Spider-Man Noir, Earth 90214 comics are fantastic. If you want to see Spider-Man shooting people and dark and gritty, it's almost kind of like in the vein of like a Batman comic. Or Fra- I, was like, I was to say like a Frank Miller. Uh, yeah, and That's a better reference. Yeah. I keep going Batman here and I keep being proven wrong. <laughs> well, Frank Miller, to be fair, Frank Miller did do the Dark Knight series. No, I understand, but it's Batman, a, it's so, a. But you're right. Frank Miller is a. Is it's, a it's his, his, he he does the black and white. That's his. his yeah, page. yeah, yeah. All right, jumping off of into the Spider Verse, into the sea, under the sea. I know. Under the sea. <laughs> uh, Aquaman trailer, almost five minutes long. You know, this is the thing. DC guys, if this shows anything. You, you re whatever reformatting you guys are gonna do, you guys gotta keep two people. You gotta keep Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and you gotta keep, you have to keep Gal Gadot as your Wonder Woman, and make those two your your linchpin. Quit it with the Spider or with the Batman and the Superman. This is your this these are your linchpins because this felt. When I watched this, this felt like a mix to me between like Indiana Jones, and then I was like, you know what? No, the fast pace of this, the running of this, this isn't Indiana Jones. Oh my gosh, this is Uncharted. It felt like Uncharted. Okay. And then goes from Uncharted and jumps right in to you know the the whole everything else, and it was just like, I agree with you on the DC side of things, Gal Gadot, uh, Jason Momoa, but also Ray Fisher as Cyborg was fantastic. Ezra Miller as the Flash. Uh, those four characters are the best thing about Justice League, and not the movie in the whole. It was just the characters that actually were brought to life because of Justice League. Now they're having obviously Wonder Woman came out before Justice League, but now we're having you know Flash is gonna have his own movie, Cyborg's gonna have his own movie, and what universe and what world in real life would we have a Cyborg movie? I don't know, but Ray Fisher know. is great at it. I mean, yeah, I yeah, Ray Fisher. Yeah, he he did a good job. Like I liked it. Like I liked his character. Like his. Uh, this trailer, one thing that I, I, I saw that was Orm, Orm as uh, his half-brother, mm-hmm. played by the, uh, Patrick Wilson. So he seems like the perfect villain for this movie, uh, or the struggle between giving up the rights to the throne to Aquaman. He looks like a great uh, villain, and we've seen Patrick Wilson in a, in a ton of things. You have a character that can be hard to make look menacing. It, it, he's a menacing character if you know him what he is but black manta is when you look at it you think how are you going to put this into live action and make it menacing because it looks it's very black manta has never really evolved from like the back in the old days it's always looked very dated then they put black manta in the movie and it works it's a bold choice too because like you said it's a kind of a dated character that you don't really see reference that much that roof sequence 
of that fighting roof sequence with Aquaman running across the rooftops and Amira and being chased by a look like a, a, a look like Atlantia guard and because they kind of have the similar suits but different mm-hmm. colors it was it was incredible fight sequence yeah it, it was. was actually a chase sequence it wasn't even a fight sequence it was a chase sequence so take the cars out of London from the small streets put them on top of the roofs put Aquaman up there and it was beautifully done. So Man- Manta looked so great in that sequence right there. Mm-hmm. I-, I I I think it's gonna be okay. I was a little yeah. worried about it when I heard that that's what uh, you know that's gonna be the overall villain in the movie. Yeah, and it's just that. Yeah, that to me, I really I did like that a lot, and I just loved Jason Momoa constantly smiling and just looks like he's having a good time with it. Well, at the it end, just... he lands and he goes, "Well, it wasn't that fun," or he says something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and and also Dolph Lundgren being King Nerus in this movie, I I I don't look up these movies ahead of time. Like when I hear they're announced, I don't look at the cast. I kind of let things fold together for me. And Nicole Kidman being Queen, I knew she was going to be in the movie. But Dolph Lundgren being in the movie was a shock to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's really cool. I love Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, but, you know, we're eighties. I mean, we're eighties kids, though. I mean, yeah. we love it, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> the Universal Soldier. Yeah, but he's also a, he's also like a scientist. He's yeah, I know. Like, no, he's brilliant. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a, he's he's a, he's a he's a multi multi tier level martial artist, master martial artist, and uh, and a brilliant scientist. Yeah, him and his wife both too. Yeah. So overall, the water sequences you loved, right? Yeah, the water yeah, looks did. great. Uh, the you see that final battle. It looks like it's going to be that final battle, maybe against Aquaman and Orm. You know, to for the right to the the rule. But we also what we also see is is as he's fighting, we see different versions of armor at different well, paces throughout. Yeah, uh, some that's similar to what he wore in. Uh, it looks like w- w- similar to what he wore, but a lot less. They want to show his chest off as much as possible. So similar to what he wore in in Justice League, but less. But then, out of what you see, even on the trailer, or, or the poster and everything, you get to see very glimpse, very quickly, of him in his traditional orange and green. And I'll tell you what, it actually, the way that they did it, I didn't think there's any way you could do that costume and make it look look badass. It looks badass. I'm not going to say it's the worst design costume color-wise and everything from the comic books, but it's pretty bad. It is. It is pretty bad. I mean, the orange in the comics and the green, they don't even match. No. <laughs> you could do a lighter color. They don't even match. And they've updated that costume several times, but I have to agree with you, man. When that point in the trailer hit and he's standing there, I'm like, okay, he looks good. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. I, and there was a lot of feedback from that, from negative was. feedback. I'm on the positive side here, man. Yeah, same here. I was yeah. like, he's like, I was like, you know what? Okay. Isn't now, that funny? That's when the one part of the movie that gets taken out, though, that people are like, "Oh, I'm, I don't like that." And it's like, really? He looks great in that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even if it even if it is CGI'd on him, you know, this isn't some Green Lantern, you know, crap we're doing here. <laughs> That's right. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Deadpool took him, took out Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds doesn't exist anymore. Only Deadpool exists. Uh, very beautifully, yes. Good, good job, sir. I like that you're keeping up with the lore there. Uh, I, I, I love the overall trailer. It's a five minute long trailer. There's yeah. a lot of Easter eggs in this trailer. A lot of good things to pick out of this trailer. I hate the fact that people pick out the one thing they don't like and they kind of smash it all over Twitter and Reddit and everything. He looks great in the original costume. Who knows if even that's the final shot? 
Exactly. Exactly. Who knows how much that cost him to actually in the movie? Maybe it's just the or if at all, at if all, you know, you never know. Sometimes they do know. stuff just to get people talking. Yeah, hundred exactly, hundred percent. So you can kind of see the overall story throughout the trailer of how this movie is going to flow of Mara helping him to you know get 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 his throne back. It, overall, I can kind of tell how the story is going to play out, and mm-hmm. I get it. You know, it's kind of a origin story, but Aquaman's never been on the base screen again, so no, oh, let's roll for it, man. Exactly. Next up in rumors, guys, we're going to talk about the Joker makeup. Now, this has got Twitter, Facebook, everybody's going all out. And I'm going to tell you some stuff, man. Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I really honestly am starting to, I'm getting, I'm getting myself. I'm getting, the more I hear about, you know, the different things that the leaks and stuff that are coming from the set and stuff and how he's behaving. Mm-hmm. I'm really getting a Heath Ledger feel because we all know that, Ra- that, that Joaquin Phoenix really goes in deep with characters. Yes. He and does. he's starting to scare people on set. <laughs> I love it. And not only do I love this makeup, man. And why does this makeup have to be such a big thing? You know what I mean? Because they don't, because they don't, people aren't liking the blue. It's like basically if it didn't have the blue, people wouldn't get, wouldn't be complaining as much. But that's their, Nobody their can focus. take this makeup though and go, Suicide Squad's makeup's better. I, I'm sorry. I, it, it, for my opinion, you know, this makeup, no, yeah, no, no, no. this makeup has to be extremely different than Heath Ledger. And, and just like Heath Ledger had to be different than Jack Nicholson. They have to be different. They have to stand out. It just has to be. And I understand the I understand Suicide Squad makeup. It has to be different. I get it. And that's a completely different Joker. This Joker is a standalone movie with Joaquin Phoenix, who is a very meta actor. I, I'm so excited for this. And just the few scenes they released. Did you see the subway scene? Yeah. So the subway scene, it looks like they're it's it, it he's starting a riot against poor people versus Joe uh, uh poor people versus rich people, down with the rich folks. People are holding up signs, and as he comes off the subway, he takes off a claw mask, and just to reveal that he's wearing his Joker makeup. I I, I thought it was such a great little scene right there, and also there's a rich guy on the floor. It looks like he's getting beat up, who could be I don't know, uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne's father. I don't know. I'm I'm uh, curious about it, but overall, the makeup, I, I think it's I think it hits. I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's just and it's just like creepy smile he does. Yeah, he, and and the, the red's reveal. a little bit off skewer yeah. to the left, and the blue changes if you watch a little bit of the hits. It, it, the eyebrow on the top kind of moves a little bit. So, I I mean, I love it, man. Yeah, you know, that that was one of the cool things. Next up, something hard hitting. Chris Evans saying what looks like he's saying goodbye to Captain America. Very, very, that was a very uh, touching post he did. It was, it was. Uh, we know that we got to lose somebody. We can't keep everybody. It sounded like the person who's going to sacrifice himself, more than likely, is going to be Chris Evans. Now, interesting enough, though, as much as we thought we were going to be losing Iron Man, a uh, lot of conversation. We know that he's, he's still got other cameos to appear in now, and it sounds like a new contract, but an open-ended contract is being negotiated with Robert Downey Jr. to play, uh, continue to play Iron Man. Now, to what degree, we don't know. He might just turn it. We he could very well turn into the Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury dies, and now Iron Man is the the Nick Fury. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you told me this before the show because I actually didn't know about this, but uh, him signing him signing a contract and it was open ended. I think you said, mm-hmm. so it could just mean a thousand different things. You know, it could just mean cameos. It, it could mean you know uh, so many different things. But Chris Evans saying goodbye when they wrapped Avengers four, and basically saying everybody worked hard uh, on the movies and this became a family. The cast, the crew, behind the scenes, the front of the scenes, you know, etc. It, it's it's I, I don't know. It's one of the saddest things because I mean, what are we ten years now, Damien? Over over ten years. Uh, yeah, over ten years. With so Captain. he says officially wrapped on Avengers four. It was an emotional day to say the least. Playing this role for over the for over the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and the audience. Thank you for the memories and eternally grateful. When I think about the times that I'm the happiest, it's not on the movie set. He told New York Times, "I stopped thinking about my trajectory of my uh, of his acting career or whatever uh, pretentious word you want to use. I'm just following whatever I feel creative and hungry for. I'm not afraid to take my foot off the gas." So. Basically, what he was saying after the post, he was interviewed about why he posted that. And basically, he was saying that, you know, maybe it's time to move on and do more things. And we talked about this. Uh, if you're an actor, you, playing the same role just because you're making money is not exactly what you became an actor for. So, I mean, obviously, if you hit it big and you make money, it's all good for you. But, you know. Well, now we can get our push sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. And then, it, and then it hit me. Yeah, now we can get our Fantastic Four three sequel, and oh, he can go back yeah. to playing Johnny Storm. Yeah. This week we're going into main event. Finally, talking Division Two uh, at PAX West. I got to go hands on with the Division Two, and it was a it was kind of a crazy experience. So I'm waiting in the line. I'm watching people play this game. I'm watching people play it, and I, so I'm taking it apart. Being very knowledgeable of the original content, the Division 1, and then taking that and seeing what they added. They basically took Division 1 and said, oh, well, we saw what Destiny did, pissed people off, and it took them a whole year, you know, to come back and finally try to get things squared away to where it's good again. Uh, We're not going to mess up. We're going to do our best not to mess up. We're going to take everything that you love about Division, and we're just going to add to it. We're not going to change it. We're going to change up the new stuff. The old stuff is going to be there in a new place for you to like and for you to explore. And exp- and so there's classes now. Now, classes play a part a little bit more to like like builds and stuff. You have builds and games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The classes allow you to do like there's Survivor, all this stuff. So when we go in, I'm watching people. I'm watching the different people play the classes. And I'm watching the particular, I'm watching a couple of the classes I want to play. And I'm like, I want to play these guys. And I'm like... No, I'm like, and then when I got up to go in line, like I'm watching the people play and they're, they're just kind of meandering about, not really, not really communicating very well. And I'm like, I'm telling myself, okay, this game, I'll tell you this much. The game's beauty is amazing. We're not in the winter anymore. It's not bleak. I mean, it's still bleak, but it's not. I want you to think, okay, so this disease went and basically tore through the world. So what happened was, is people created these fortified areas of cities and whatnot and it feels kind of walking dead like but not so much walking dead as much as i would say it feels more like a populated uh i am legend okay so it kind of looks like an i am legend set piece yeah yeah it does because the the you know the 
ground nothing's no there hasn't been people keeping up the 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 roads and stuff so the earth is taking it back it's you know taking back the stuff it's seizing its rightful place yeah so it's very it but it's it's interesting because you see this and the cinematics take you on a story to one you know one part of the story but then when you go into the gameplay and you're actually seeing you're running amongst the debris and you're running amongst the stuff you're still in DC. You're recognizing, you're seeing stuff that it would be there, but you're seeing it as if almost it was post-apocalyptic, which is pretty, actually pretty cool. This, we don't sure exactly, uh, I haven't, I'm not, I can't remember exactly how long this takes place after The Division, uh, but it's, it is sometime in the future. You're, you know that they are calling for help, and so, so one of the cities is calling for help, and this is, it takes place in DC. The division agents are still active, although they all look very gruff. <laughs> yeah. It's just beautiful. The game is beautiful. The oh. uh, Seven months after division is is the division two, so it's not that long. Okay, so going back. So seven months after the outbreak began. Sorry, began. So sorry. division two is seven months after the outbreak began. So you don't, don't you know, forget that we've been playing division for a couple of years. We've been in New York. Seven months later, basically, if you're looking at stuff, you know, you know, areas where, you know, in your, your sidewalk or whatever, you have areas where plants were growing up. Well, seven months, they haven't been taken care of. They've grown up. They're bushy. They're bushy. Yeah. Is, that, but, is that your technical yeah, term that, for that's it? my technical term. <laughs> well, anyway, we get, I get up, I get got up and I'm, I'm like waiting to go in and I want to pick my character. Well, I get put with the guardian class. Or no, not the guardian. I get picked with the survival. Survivalist. I think I, I like think that, though. Which, this one... Uh, it was a it was a female character that that I was playing as, and it was really funny because I get up there and I'd already told my son, okay, we're gonna speak, we're gonna be very tactical with how we speak, and so our handler's telling us, you know, hey, I'm a very overpowered character, so I'm just gonna let you guys kind of run and do your thing. I'll sit back, I'll just revive you, all this stuff. You guys will go do you know do what you need to do. We start playing the game. We're talking, we're communicating, talking back and forth. I'm calling, you know, we're call. I'm saying, you know. To, I go, I got an enemy on my six. I got an enemy on my, tw- you know, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, all those. And then my son goes, oh, I got, I got, I got, I, I go, I got one on my six. I go, no, 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 no. You got one at 12 o'clock. It's in front of you. He goes, oh yeah, I got one at 12. <laughs> so the, the, the handler starts cla- laughing, but him and Noah and I were feeding off of each other of the kills. The weapons in this game are amazing. They really did some balancing with it that made it just feel really good to where it's a fine mix between that RPG you know, role-playing game style game with guns and also will appease those to more common games like, you know, PUBG and those games. It felt really, really good. Like, I mean, being able to use your surroundings and duck in between cover and pop up and just see you got a shooting lane between just a little hole and you take that sniper shot. Uh, Noah got one where I was sitting there and I'm taking like, so basically with, you saw the E3 trailer, you saw that whole area that they got to play in on the E3 trailer. We got to play that. We got to play that, that session at the, uh, at the airport. And one of the things that happened, we went through and I found out that they might need to do some balancing because I was able to do, I was able to pick up a gun that, normally my class doesn't use but i picked up a light machine gun and all of a sudden i started going i started doing my best arnold schwarzenegger getting to the chopper and i was walking up on people just shooting 
ropes of bolts down down fire lanes and everybody's walking behind me and then my handler you know he's sitting there going oh well uh follow sarah sarah connor <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like you know so like, we're going through we're just taking things out well we our service glitched one of the things that glitched on it and so where even though we defeated the the map we got to go and explore our our area so I got to run around. We just got to look and really look at the vistas and stuff because you got a 15 minute play session. We finished it in seven minutes because we were very, very you know, efficient. Yeah, very efficient with communication. That's strange. If you're if you communicate in this game, you're going to go far. Like I think the first one was all about communication too, but it's more so with this one. Uh, the gunplay was amazing. I took my time to be able to look at the menus. The menus are a lot more. Uh, they're a lot more intuitive. And it's just, it really honestly feels like a, like a, a true sequel, not like a sequel where it's like, oh, it's like Guitar Hero where they just put a new piece of paint, you know, just paint, paint on it and a couple new different, different songs, all up, whatever. It feels like a new game, but has all the stuff you love about the original. Has the old feels to it. Yeah. And just movement, everything just Move, oh, that was the thing. Like moving between cover and stuff like that feels a lot more crisp. Everything just feels like it's just. It You're not much... getting hung up on the edge anymore. I, I didn't get hung up. I got hung up one time, and that was just because I was running into something. I I was I was outside of my I was outside of bounds, and oh. that was another thing. As I saw, I saw something interesting hanging up, like a body hanging up, that reminded me. It looked like a, it looked like a, a division agent hanging up. And so Ooh. I ran outside of the play zone. And so it goes red and it gives you a countdown. Well, my countdown stopped and I kept running. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, my countdown's not going. So I'm running, you know, to see how far I was. Well, the thing is they have another person that's a handler that can, that's at the computer that's hosting the game and they can, they can click on a button and then you disappear. So right before I got up to see what I wanted to look at, I got, Wow, they're I, I that technical down. about I I see I've never been to a PAX West before and I've never got to test out a game like that before. So basically, you they gave you a section that you could run around in, but and you could run past re- the section. But then they'll you could give run you past a- the section, but it's it's like going outside of bounds in like in a race game or something like that. You get a time I understand them up. not wanting to spoil it. I I get that. Yeah. I had everybody. I go everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me, and I like to say you know yell. I'm like look, look, what is that? What is that? I'm trying to with a scope to look in and stuff, and I'm running all of a sudden my screen goes black. But it was cool. I got to talk to got to talk to a couple of the people that do the team that were at the team at E three, and I talked to them about my past with the division and talking about about you know being a community uh, lead or community lead member for it was me and three other community guys that were made up the community lead team for uh, Rogue Agent Radio and being able to uh, being able to actually play with the devs and stuff during the beta. I got a chance to play with uh, Hamish Bode, who's the head of the community. And I got to play with some of the other devs and, you know, obviously got to play with the guys from Rogue Agent Radio, which was great. And so I just have this deep rooted love for the division mm-hmm. and the division two is just, it's, it's man, it's, it's great. You got, you got so many good games coming out and they're, what I love is the, the pace that these games are coming out with. Cause I mean, Ubisoft is really knocking it out of the park right now. This Assassin's Creed is the most concurrent players playing an Assassin's Creed game ever. I heard that. I'm still on Origins. Yeah, so am I. And I, I, haven't, may... I haven't beat Origins. It takes takes too long, man. Uh, me and you are such fans of multiplayer games that yeah. are single player games. Go off. I'm only forty percent of Spider Man because I like to play multiplayer games. Now exactly. Block Ops comes out and that stops me. But Division Two, 2019, March of 2019. 
uh, March 15th to be specific, uh, really sounds like my 2019. It sounds like yeah. this is the game that's going to hook, hook its hooks in me. It feels like it's going to give me, you know, the, the, uh, the campaign that I want, plus, you know, the multiplayer aspect of the game I want. Uh, one thing I did want to announce is that right now on Divisions 2 website, you can access, I'm sorry, you can sign up for the beta. So sign up for the beta now if you would like to get, um, you know, get your hands on it. First. Beta should be out in December. That's what they did last time too. So guys, with that, we are going to be out for this episode. You can reach me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash. You can reach me also at geekologistradio at gmail.com. Check us out on ninjapancake.com, guys. We love it over there. The guys are all good. Uh, if, you've, if you're a fan of like old 80s and 90s, anything, follow Geek Squatch. Those guys are hilarious, and they actually originally made up. Uh, they made up one of the. Uh, I think it was Smartwatch, or not Smartwatch. Uh, I'm trying to remember. They they were one of the original, uh, actual. Uh, aside from Murgage Radio, they were one of the original Division Casts, and then they loved podcasting so much they created this really cool podcast called Geek Squatch, where they take on like one thing. Like right now, they just put out their most recent episode. Follows. Bram Stoker's Dracula, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep, I love that movie. Yep. Go check out their episode. They're awesome. Episode 101 and episode 100 is Aladdin. Yes. <laughs> yes. So go check them out. See, you know, sing some Robin Williams with them. Enjoy it. Nick, where can we reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick and PDX. And for that, guys, Geekologist Radio is out. <laughs>